All right. Welcome to another episode of the Million Dollar Hobbies podcast. Uh, so week after week, we bring you some amazing guests uh, with some incredible transformation stories. And uh, today is no exception. We ha I have an amazing guest today, and his name is Shaheen Shane. And um, I don't even know how to introduce this gentleman because he's got so much. So I'm going to just give you a brief uh, snapshot of all the things that he's done and the things that he's involved with, and uh, we'll go from there. So Shaheen immigrated here um, as you know, pretty young during the Iranian Revolution or right after that. And as you can imagine, uh, life usually isn't really kind <laughs> for immigrants from anywhere, really, uh, even if you, you, know, you come uh, with some money because you have to adopt a whole new culture and all that stuff. Anyways, uh, he has built an amazing business. Um, he is, uh, he's got a number one ranked Amazon accelerator program that helps you, you know, develop your business on Amazon. You wanna, you know, obviously, Amazon does not need any introduction. And um, also, Shaheen has written uh, a book, which is uh, an amazing book. It's How He Made a Billion Dollars, and the book is uh, titled Billion. And then he also hosts um, Hack and Grow Rich podcast, which helps you know many of you, all of you who are listening right now. I'd ask you to uh, give it a listen because unlike a lot of coaches out there, a lot of people who write books, um, Shaheen has actually lived everything that he says um, in, in every word uh, in, in his book is something that he has lived and experienced. And also on his podcast, um, you know, he definitely pays a lot of attention to that transformation story. So without further ado, that's a long introduction. Shaheen, welcome to the show. Victoria, honored to be on. Thank you for having me. So, um, you know, since the a person's um, you know childhood kind of um, you know I don't know most for most people it shapes everything you do. A, a lot of times uh, there's some sort of a catalyst in your background story. So tell us a little bit about what it was like to leave your homeland and uh, what Iran was like, and you know how you adapted to here, and and how much of that actually uh, helped you shape your future, which was, uh, which we're going to get into about you making that billion dollars. Yeah. And I, I love how you and me were swapping immigrant stories before the show started. And I think that's awesome because I think it's, it's got to be one of the things that really builds grit. And it's interesting that you asked about Iran. You know, I was five years old when I moved out of Iran, we left, we kind of fled the revolution in the 1970s. And at five years old, I would leave home. I had a little gang. We'd come home whenever. We'd come home when we were hungry for dinner. And that was it. Safest countries in the world as far as, you know, kids being able to walk the streets. And, you know, street crime was almost, there was very little. And it was a very safe place. And all of a sudden overnight, my folks were like, got to pack your bags. They told me to pack all my toys. I had like six suitcases I filled with toys and I was allowed to take one backpack when we left, when we got into the taxi, literally running to the plane as the revolution happened, left totally torn out of my life and eventually came to the United States where like most immigrants, we were expecting, Hey, we're going to be welcome. This is awesome land of opportunity. Yeah. And then we got here and I was like, Oh, we're second and third class citizens. I don't speak the language and the school system sucks. And this is going to be rough. And so every day, Victoria, I'd get the living, you know what, kicked out of me every single day in school. And I began to realize, and this was during Iran Contra, I began to realize 
that this was going to be a tough road. So it built grit. I feel like those types of experiences either crush you or they make you stronger. Like everybody that I know, and I'm sure a lot of your friends are the same way. I'm sure you're the same way. It's that experience of being torn out of your comfort zone and put into a survival mode where you have to survive, not just not not thriving is way out in the distance, but just to survive that builds this toughness, that builds this thick skin. And that's what I love. You know, anytime you know, I come from Iran, which is part of Asia, but anytime I meet Asian entrepreneurs or or anyone like that, we always have a connection with each other because we've all gone through similar things, you know, migrating to this to this country. So I left Iran, came here. 15 years wasn't easy. By the time I was 15, I was like, man, we, we lived in an up and coming suburb. I was like, I want to make money like all these wealthy people here. My parents barely managed to buy a house, but the neighborhood picked up around them. And I thought, man, I want the Mercedes and the beautiful wife and the amazing house. But there was no path to that for me. The path was become a doctor, become a lawyer. Like, you know, every, every Asian mother or father wants their kid to become a doctor or lawyer. It's, it's the pinnacle of success um, for them. And I didn't want to do that. So I bailed. I cut all my bridges. I burned my bridges, burned my ships. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I don't care if I effing die. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to make it. I had books at that time. I was tired of being beat up at school. I was tired of being discriminated against. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it or I'm going to die, but I'm going to do it. So I left. I left. I didn't say goodbye, just one day took off and I was sleeping in abandoned buildings. I was sleeping in the backseat of abandoned cars or um, wherever I could lay my head. In those days, there were uh, a big building boom in Los Angeles. There was a big building boom in Los Angeles and there was all these luxury apartments. So I quickly learned, Victoria, that if you could somehow get the code to the little lockbox that they had, you could sneak into these luxury apartments that were under construction, sleep at night, and be gone by the morning before anybody caught on. So I started doing that. Uh, I hung out at the community college because sometimes there was uh, free food and uh, drinks or whatever that they had there. So I would basically survive that way. And I met a mentor, somebody who coached me through life, who took me under their wing. I was very fortunate to find this person. And from there, I got involved in the electronic music scene, the dance music scene that was going on at the time. Long story short, I decided, Victoria, that I was going to become a, a drug dealer because they were the only people who were making money in the clubs and looking around going, wow, that's going to be amazing. And then I thought back to my adolescence growing up in school here, and I was like, I'm really bad at crime. Every time I tried crime as an adolescent, I failed and I got busted. So maybe I shouldn't be doing crime. And it was in that moment of self-reflection that I came up with this idea that, hey, ecstasy is what everybody's doing. This, this drug, methyl dioxy, methamphetamine, it was a very popular in those days. Um, if I come up with a legal version of this, nobody's ever done that before. I can make a lot of money. So I remember, you know, my grandfather was an herbalist, that we, we always had herbs and natural medicines in our family, um, as, as is very common, you know, in, in most Asian cultures. And I thought, hey, I'll mix some stuff up. So 
I got myself a girlfriend in those days, which is amazing. I was broke and I managed to get a girlfriend. I managed to convince her, Victoria, to let me sneak into their kitchen when her dad was out at work and let me start formulating and making prototypes and, and making up a formula. And we did, and people would come over, people would skip school and come over and we'd have them try the try it. But I didn't have enough money to buy the machine that makes the pills. So we would roll them by hand and try to mold them into a shape of a pill by hand, this like gooey herbal mixture. And, and we would dry them out in her oven, it was great. And finally, we got a formula that worked. And I decided, you know what, I'm gonna go try to sell it in a club, which I did. I walked into the club to the scariest drug dealer that was there at the time. It was like, Synchronicity started happening one thing after another. The supply of ecstasy dried up. This guy didn't have the drugs to sell. I pitched him on selling my legal natural version as like, hey, dude, you're not going to go to jail. A couple people walked up to him in that moment. He sold it to him and it was over. We went from one drug dealer to 100 drug dealers to 1,000 drug dealers. I must have made hundreds of millionaires in those days because I legitimized them. Now they went from being these illicit drug dealers selling drugs in the club to selling a completely legal product. And then we branched out. We were selling in Tower Records, Warehouse Records, Urban Outfitter, 7-Eleven, GNC. And I woke up one morning. Now imagine this. I was sleeping in an abandoned building six months before. Now I've got 200 employees. All of Venice Beach is mine. I am the freaking king of Venice Beach. Anybody that could fog up a mirror, Victoria, I hired and would work for me. I had, I had a call center in the Venice Circle. On the boardwalk, I had multiple offices. Everybody was wearing my t-shirts. I was all over the TV. We had two Newsweek covers. It was huge. And the news broke on the news that we had broken the billion-dollar mark in sales. Now, Victoria, this is a billion dollars before the internet was really a thing, right. Before, right? Before social media, before mobile phones. And it was a wild ride. And from there, you know, I had a panic because I was like, oh my God, I don't even know how much a billion dollars is. And I had this huge panic and people calmed me down. Sam Donaldson was driving down to my office. We did Nightline. We did all the big shows, New York Times, LA Times. I would leave my office. There'd be cameras out there. Who's, who's he being seen with at this restaurant, that restaurant? I was on private yachts, private planes, traveling the world. Um, you know, the mob tried to get involved. The, the Japanese Yakuza tried to take over my business. I write about it in my book, Billion. And it was, it was a, that was a wild ride. Okay. Now, so, um, so actually you did invent um, ecstasy. I don't know why I thought this. I thought you were, you know, you had a, a taken a, a product that was already in existence and marketed it, but that's actually a really amazing story. And what I heard you say too in that- um, I invented herbal ecstasy, just to, just to clarify for yeah, you. Yeah, I, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I heard is that, you know, you came from this really humble, tough background where you could have just become one of the average drug dealers and, you know, probably ended up in jail, but, you know, a few years down the road or dead, <laughs> one or the other, um, to- you just had this, no matter how, how horrible life was back then, and I can sympathize with you on that because I was, always an, I was also an immigrant and I went through that same period of, um, you know, uh, America not being uh, exactly kind to, um, especially Iranians. I would say that, you know, the, because of the Iranian revolution, you know, a lot of the public didn't understand the, the good guys versus the bad guys because most of Iran, I mean, before the, um, the fall of Iran, 
Uh, it was one of the most sophisticated countries where you had art and music and, you know, scientists, mm -hmm. all these people. Uh, it was just, it's just a shame what happened, but I completely understand that. Um, so when things got really tough, you decided to basically double down on your ability to, because you couldn't count on anybody else. There was no free money. There was, you know, not even from family. And you refused to be boxed into the, um, the, the, what they used to say was the proven path to success, which was to become a doctor, lawyer, CPA, one of those things. And, you know, your life would be good. Um, and you just decided that, hey, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I have a dream that's bigger than what people are telling me I deserve, and I'm going to go get it. And, you know, basically, um, even if it's not going to happen, I'm going to die trying to, to get that dream. So that, you know, and then once you got there, you basically kept on evolving. What, what you were saying is that, you know, hey, I saw what was going on out there. I saw the demand for ecstasy or, you know, and the only way people got it was illegal drugs. And you found a way to do this naturally. That's not illegal and all that. And then once you got there, you, and I'm sure your story didn't end there, obviously, because that was your first product, you know, you went on to create other stuff, but, you know, you continue to evolve because you just weren't, um, you knew that not evolving is not an option either. So that actually is really amazing. So, um, you know, we're, and those of you who are listening, go ahead and check out his book, Billion, because um, look, if you just heard just what he was just saying just in the last five minutes, I mean, if that doesn't sell a book, I don't know what would, because, you know, if an immigrant coming in here without speaking English with no money, leaving home at age 15 can do that, maybe you won't. Maybe you think, hey, you know, a billion dollars is like, it's crazy. Like he got lucky or whatever, but maybe you'll, you'll get a hundred million. Maybe you'll get five. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I just think I'm a curious person. I, I love uh, living, you know, like you, I've traveled all over the world. I mean, 30 some countries all over the world. And um, I learn something new every day. And I'm sure that um, by picking up the book, which is a very small investment time and money, you will learn some amazing things as well. And then also, again, uh, give it a listen to his podcast, Hack and Grow Rich podcast. Um, it's got, you know, tens of thousands of people subscribing to this every week. So, and you were going to get some wisdom. I'm the kind of person that if I read a whole book, if I go to a conference for a week, you know, you'll meet something. Most, most books and most conferences, they're kind of boring. But if I get two things, one thing out of it, that would change something that I'm doing or my life, it would have been all worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you listen to something like a, a podcast week after week and you listen to one thing that you go, you know what? I didn't know that before. And that's the missing link. Uh, that would be, be all worth it. So let's get back to your story, Shaheen. So um, tell me a little bit about, so somehow the herbal ecstasy made its way to Amazon, right? Or is it? No. So what I did was eventually the government cracked down. They banned some of my ingredients. It was a game of cat and mouse. I mean, I testified in front of all kinds of governmental boards and divisions and Congress, congressional this and senatorial this and that. And they eventually banned our main ingredient. Okay. So I moved on. Okay. We moved on. I still own the brand, but we moved on back in those days. And we moved on to doing something else. And I tackled the problem of smoking. I figured people have been smoking for thousands of years. Nobody has tried to figure out a way to eliminate smoke, tar, and carbon monoxide, the three 
toxic carcinogenic elements that cause cancer from people smoking. Yeah. So I developed all the technology for digital vaporization, which is the forerunner for what you see now and all the vapes that are out there. I patented it. I wrote the first book on vaporization, had one of the biggest vaporizer companies of all time. That company went public. Um, I exited that company sometimes in, in 2006. And I decided I was going to go back into the supplement world. But this time, because I was a little bit older, Victoria, I decided, you know, I had my first kid. And I thought, man, you know, I got to figure out a way to kind of find this fountain of youth, figure out a way to improve my cognitive performance. So I developed this, this pill called Accelerol, which was amazing. Um, it's still, still for sale on Amazon. We've got two, one called Accelerol, another called Focus Plus. And it, it, it's great for keeping your brain spry and, and always on point. But at the time, I didn't know how to sell it. So I thought to myself, I wonder how I'm going to sell this thing. We had a subscription model. It's expensive. It was like 120 bucks, which is a lot for a supplement in those days, especially. And these were the days where you could email Jeff Bezos and he would respond. You could get Jeff Bezos on the phone. He wasn't the wealthiest man in the world just yet. So we heard through the grapevine that Bezos was opening up the Amazon platform to allow third-party sellers, people like yourself and me, to sell whatever we wanted to within reason on the platform. And I decided that I'll give this a shot. Took me 15 minutes, listed Accelerol, went to sleep, didn't think about it, woke up the next day. We had thousands of orders. <laughs> and I was like, huh, there's something too. I mean, I'm sure you had that experience on Home Shopping Network uh, that you were on and uh, Shop HQ. But I, I decided, hey, let me look into this Bezos guy. Maybe he's not just this nerdy, you know, bald guy who everybody thinks is, 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 you know, this nerdy Silicon Valley guy. And I looked into him and I learned that Bezos was one of the smartest guys in the room. Bezos worked for D.H. Hutton, one of the biggest Wall Street firms who expertise was being able to gain access to this cheap Wall Street money and bring it into Silicon Valley and to build this company. And he didn't care. He had that same mentality. He was going to make this company succeed yeah. or he was, he was ready to die. He didn't care. He was, he'll sit on a box. He'll do whatever it takes for this company to make it. So I put all my eggs in the Amazon basket. And over the years, we became mastery level teachers at Amazon. And now I teach a course where I train people how to create these Amazon businesses. You can build your own little Amazon home shopping network. You can build your own Amazon business with little or no money. And you're able to start these businesses that produce this recurring predictable revenue. So you don't have to sell your hours. And that's the most beautiful thing about it. So look, I made my money over my time. I'm very comfortable. I travel with my family, much like you, all over the world. You know, we collect cars, we buy real estate, we do all that fun stuff. But ultimately, this next stage in my life, I'm devoting to two things. One, to telling my story. And I do that with my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. And two, is trying to impact as many people as I can to start businesses where they can create recurring revenue streams so they don't have to sell their hours. And that's what we do with our FBA seller course and our Amazon mastery program. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm just going to um, interject a little bit about the Amazon uh, FBA program. Um, for those of you who are, uh, you know, in the business of selling something that's physical, you know, anything that you have to ship, 
Um, you know, there's a whole, you know, Jeff Bezos is one of the most studied business models and uh, he's a very interesting person. Um, so, you know, like um, Shaheen said in those back those days when you were talking to Bezos, he was begging people to come on his platform. <laughs> If you remember, um, he was begging, you know, uh, publishers to uh, digitalize their, their books and so forth. But here's the deal with the FBA. And I'm just going to talk about this very quickly because I actually have a lot of experience with this as well. Uh, fulfillment by Amazon. If you are a small mom and pop, if you're a, you know, uh, a Victoria Wick or, you know, uh, Jane and Jack's, um, you know, whatever business you have, you know, shoe store, um, you can, Amazon is the only company that helps you do this um, or do this efficiently because Jeff Bezos' vision was to make sure that he allows um, his customers to have the best experience. So if, if the third parties can, you know, have his, the front page Amazon presence, they can have it. But by handling the logistics, you know, the, the warehousing, the shipping and all of that, for the same prices as what, uh, you know, customers actually, it's a seamless transition. There's no friction point by allowing the third parties to come on there, which means if you're that mom and pop, that's a huge benefit. Um, you know, not to have to worry about your logistics, shipping and packaging and getting it there in two days. Um, you're kind of co-telling on the Amazon um, sort of system that he has built. And I think that that's a, that's a huge opportunity for most people to start to build their businesses, build their own empires. Uh, that's what Shaheen was saying. Um, to tell me a little bit about the kind of uh, guests you have on your um, Hacking Grow Rich podcast. Shane. Yeah. So we have all kinds of guests. I, I co-host uh, co a show with my co-host, Bart Baggett, um, who's one of the leading uh, handwriting experts in the world, but he also wrote this book called Success Secrets of the Rich and Happy. We have guests, people like Chris Voss, the FBI negotiator who wrote the foreword to my book. Um, Keith Ferrazzi, Never Eat Alone, Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari. Uh, we just had uh, Dr. Michael Bruce. He's America's sleep doctor on, just wrote a book called Energize. We had him featured on the show. So we've got a lot of great people. And we, we really talk about how to think not just outside the box, but how to crush the box, how to create a lifestyle that you can really be happy with by having more money, by having more time. And you know, it's, it's funny because I oftentimes tell people time is the new luxury. It doesn't matter if you have all the money in the world and you don't own your time. If you can't travel where you want with who you want doing what you want, if you can't stop what you're doing right now and go play uh, football with your kid or go hang out with your wife or your husband or do whatever you want, you don't really have freedom. And that's, that's well the ultimate Totally. I completely yeah. agree with you on that. And I think that you and I are in agreement that, you know, if you have a business and whether you're doing six figures or seven figures or eight or nine um, you know, figures, if you can't take a vacation for like three weeks and shut off your devices, then you really don't have freedom. You don't really have that business. So, you know, I think that some of, um, you know, some of the things that you're going to learn uh, by connecting with Shaheen uh, with his book or his podcast or his uh, Amazon you know, mastery course is that um, you actually can only grow by building a system and which allows you to work less because the more a business is dependent on the you know, owner, when all your relationships are you know, with the owner, when the business is you know, relationships and everything else is with the owner, then you're kind of tied to that business. 
So I really um, like what you're, you know, coaching and what you've written about, uh, what your podcast about. Um, and I just, as we close, is there any um, words of wisdom, the last words of wisdom that you want to impart to my, to my audience? Yeah, I've got one of my favorite quotes of all time. I think we use this in, in a film that I made years ago. And it's the person who thinks it's impossible should not interrupt the person who's doing it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really, and, and by the way, for anybody who's listening to uh, your podcast or watching us, Victoria, I'd like to offer up my one hour course. It's normally 200 bucks. We'll give it to them for free. Just use the code power uh, because Victoria is a superpower. So we're going to use the code power uh, for anybody who hears this. We'll give you the $200 FBA course for free, teaches you everything from A to Z how to sell anything on the Amazon platform. We teach you how to find a product, where to incorporate, and you could do it for very little or almost no money. And if I can empower 10,000 people this year to start Amazon businesses and create that recurring revenue that Victoria is talking about, my job is done. All, In fact, uh, with your permission, I'll give out my direct email. I answer every email personally. It might take me a couple of days to get back to you, but my email is D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S -S at gmail.com or go to our website, fbasellercourse.com or shaheenshan.com and reach out. And for anybody who wants to, please make sure that you subscribe to Hack and Grow Rich. I will have all those uh, links and his email on my, in my show notes as well for those of you who are listening or watching on YouTube. And uh, thank you so much for coming in, uh, Shaheen. It's been a, a, such a pleasure and um, I've learned a lot from this. And, you know, like I said, it's just an amazing thing to connect with somebody else who's kind of sort of uh, on the same path as you were in terms of, you know, starting out as a, sort of like teenagers. I, do you feel like, Shaheen, that you, um, I know I feel like, I now have an amazing family. You know, I don't have to worry about money or anything like that. But the one thing, one regret I have in my life is I feel like I had to grow up a lot sooner than any child should have. You know, like yeah. I have to I'm an adult, like at age 13. Do you feel the same way? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but hindsight is 2020, you know, there's a balance to life and the way things go. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do think back and I, I dev like with my kid right now, he's like, he's seven and he's like, dad, he's already got two businesses. He's like, dad, I got this business. And he's like, I'm going to get investors and I'm going to invest in things. He's seven. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, like, just be a kid, man. Yeah. Just, yeah. just like, just be a kid. Let's, let's go ride scooters. Let's just, just be a kid. Yeah. But for me, it was a different time, you know, for, for us, it was a different time. And I think, you know, yes, I didn't do all the stupid stuff that kids did back in the days. And I didn't, you know, get to do some of the stuff that I should have done as a kid, yeah. but now live a pretty good life. And yeah. I think, you know, that balance has been found. It's all about, it's all about balance. I'm sure you, you'd agree with that, you know? Well, thank you so much for coming in. And um, for all of you who are listening, make sure you subscribe um, and rate and review the show. That's how we, the podcasters, get judged. And uh, until next time, please stay healthy and happy. And remember, happiness is your choice. And I hope you make great choices this week. Thank you. Thank you.